Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. What is going on? It is Labor Day. Are you going into work? Do you have to go to CBS today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Cyhawk week, baby. We got to go. We got to go. Is that the big uh, on HQ, big Cyhawk just previewing it five days? Yeah, all week long. It's uh, nothing but Cyhawk. Forget no, about it's, Tom uh, Brady. Honestly, I don't even know. We've we focused so much on um, the week one matchups in college football. And I have no idea what the matchups are this week, other than the game I'm calling, and the Cyhawk game, and the NFL season starts. That's it. It's actually really good. Week two is considerably better than what we just experienced in week one. And week one actually turned out to be pretty good. But you've got oh, week one was great. Yeah, you, you've got some pretty good matchups. We got a lot of time to to get to those coming up on Thursday as well but the of course the Cyhawk game will take center stage want to give a shout out to our friends at fairway meeting grocery not only sponsoring us now but they stepped up to the plate and they said we wanted the they wanted the ben bruns sunday show which bit ben's the best like he 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 analyzes things from such a different perspective being an offensive lineman like he's just watching the trenches and i I love getting his insight because it's so different than anything you can find anywhere else. Fairway found out about that. So we appreciate Fairway stepping up to the plate and supporting us early here at Iowa. I went to the um, the meat market in Ames on Thursday, and we ate like – or not on Thursday, on Friday, and we ate like kings on Friday night. It was it was crazy. We, we I got all these kebabs. Do you, like, do you like kebabs? Do you like food on a stick, Hassel? You, you know, I, I, I love eating them if they're done right. Uh, when I try to do them on the grill, like, it, it's re- really tough because they're just, you know, it's on a stick. So it's, uh, if, oh. if the meat is all misshapen, uh, it's not, and it's probably not going to get that from Fairway. But down here, we have misshapen meats on kebabs. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, so you have one part of it that's like 200 degrees and another part of it that's like 80 degrees and raw. I have a feeling we're gonna. That's gonna become like a bit on the show. Is this how terrible the grocery stores are <laughs> in South Florida? Yeah, it's honestly though they're better down here than they were up in Connecticut in the Northeast. Ooh, man, oh man. I, I, I want to hear about that sometime because I always hear that ESPN talents will like leave the company because they don't want to live there. Is mm, that true? Yeah, some. Yeah, yeah. They they get tired of it. They. I mean, it, it's not a great area, but um. You know, it's. I came from Iowa, so <laughs> yeah, totally. Different I'm not saying world. anything bad about Iowa, but uh, yeah. it's no, very yeah. similar weather. So, yeah. Um, okay, speaking of ESPN, I I want to start today actually with LSU Florida State. Last <laughs> night the game was on ABC, so we did. We're doing our deals every Thursday where you and me pick three games that we want to focus on or that not that we focus on but we're really interested in we both had this one totally lived up to it your old espn colleague joe tessitore had i think one of the i don't know it i thought it was a great call at the end of this lsu 
Florida State game. Maddie Van Winkle producing today's pro- – this was one of the craziest endings mm. when you compile everything that happened in the fourth quarter. And, again, we cover this on Thursday, but I am a closet Florida State fan, full disclosure here. And I was – oh, I was ticked off when um, – Nor- when he when he called the timeout, I just had a brain fart and forgot our coach. Um, Norvell, yeah, Norvell, <laughs> yeah, I had it right. They've had so many damned coaches in the last no, five I know. years. It's hard to keep track. He calls the timeout at the end. They they get the muff punt. We're talking Iowa State, Kansas State, 2015 territory. <laughs> if Florida State somehow loses this game, they block a PAT after letting. LSU go the entire length of the field. Let's roll this video real fast and see the end of this. This was just an incredible ending. It's blocked! It is blocked! It is blocked! Just so stunning because... We're all thinking we're going to overtime and this thing's going to continue and LSU has all the momentum and then boom, it's over because of a, I mean, this just doesn't happen That's that often anymore. second block kick of the game for Florida State. But for a PAT, that yeah. just, that never happens. That, that never. At major college football, NFL, you, you don't see it. But yeah, I thought Tess did a good job. He, he set it up by saying, okay, he's had one blocked earlier. You know, what's going to happen here? And then boom, blocked, blocked. Do you know Tessator? Uh, I've met him, but I don't know him that well, no. He's one of my favorites. I think, I mean, just from afar, like I was. Definitely more in his element doing college football than he was Monday night football. I, I think. Uh, the- I love watching him do boxing too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's. That's kind of his bread and butter, right? He's like a pro. That's- yeah, he's, he's, uh, he can do it all, but I, I. Seems like whenever he's on a college football game, it's a great game. That one was amazing. And I just, after the great weekend we had, we had a great game every day. Mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Every single day we had a, a great college football game. Yeah, he uh, he called the Iowa State-Oklahoma State game in 2011 on that Friday night. I, I was there. I was covering that game. Wow. Oh, yeah. That yeah. would have been back when, yeah, him and I think Rod Gilmore was on because I think I watched that game. I had it on DVR. And I, I know for a fact I didn't go to bed until after college game day had started the next day. Because <laughs> Rhodes was going to be on game day. And I wanted to stay up for that. And I – anyways. Yeah, I've got this, uh, What was that? I've got this box here with a bunch of my Iowa stuff. Oh, cool. And uh, I think that's the uh, – I think that's the uh, parking pass for that game. Yeah, Oklahoma State, November 18th, 2011. Right there. That's cool. Yeah, I I have one of the rally towels that I picked up on my way out, and my wife framed it for me, so that that's my little souvenir. Yeah, there I am in the background if you're, uh, if oh, you're watching us you. on Twitter. I got hey, that. look who you're standing by, by the way. That's me. Oh, hey, wow. Oh, it's Matty Van Winkle right How there. about that? We were both there, Matt. We got an all-star cast here on Two Guys Named I was, Chris. I was probably like, who the hell is this little dweeb? <laughs> I sent that to Bloom because we were talking about that the other day. And I was like, yeah, Hassel and I were there at the coin toss for overtime. <laughs> you also pulled out the video the other day, Matt, um, or the v- picture. Hassel, because you're, you're as dumb as me. You probably don't even – would you know – if you were sitting at a pro wrestling event next to the lead singer of Slipknot, would you realize that? No. Yeah, no, me neither. Absolutely not. I, I can't tell you what his name is. What is his name? I'd... His name is Corey Taylor. Um, okay. I had no idea. Matt and I were at. We were sitting in the. We were sitting in the row at Ma in Des Moines like ten years ago. And Matt was my intern, and I. I, I I'll tell him now. I spent like three hundred dollars per ticket on these things to get us in the front row. And I took him there as like a thank you to get ready for the season. And we got pretty drunk and we were sitting there like next to this guy and his kid and just had a really good time with them. Really enjoyed it. And after the show, like hundreds of people are like waiting in line to get <laughs> pictures with this guy. And I'm like, that what in the, and like a couple of the pro wrestlers came up and like shook his hand and all this stuff. And I had no idea and I finally asked somebody in line, you can see me right there harassing one of the wrestlers, the guy next to me, 
Yeah, that's Corey Taylor, the lead singer of Slipknot. Um, that's my so, claim to fame. Longtime close personal it, friend Corey Taylor. I, is Slipknot is that an Iowa band? Yeah, they're the one that they like. I, what do they eat? They eat something on stage. Like bats. Like, I don't think yeah, they, they eat, eat like, anything. They just dress up really crazy. You know, they, they eat like they eat like beating hearts of uh, rodents. So what I what, what always confused me about this uh, be, uh, that genre of music was that Slipknot was from Iowa, but Corn is not correct. Right. Correct. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Well, conventional okay. wisdom would say Corn is from Iowa, Slipknot somewhere else. But I, I know they're a big deal in that genre. I just don't. I, I couldn't tell you one song they sing. Yeah, long time close personal friend of the podcast. How did we end up talking? I don't know. Slipknot, uh, Cyhawk Week. Know. Well, I guess it's better than discussing the Iowa game. The the Cyhawk Week is fascinating to me as we head into this because like, like nobody thinks they're going to win this game. Who's they? Iowa or Iowa State fans. Nobody oh, thinks. Yeah. <laughs> like like nobody. You talk to an Iowa State fan and I and I like I. I don't care how bad Iowa looked. <laughs> I'm like, uh, there's just too many demons in that in that place. Not even Kinnick, just just when you start to play Iowa, like I've seen bad Iowa offenses, you know, it's third and nineteen and you complete a twenty six yard pass at crunch time. Tory Taylor pinning everything back. I've seen our punters go into Kinnick and just start shanking things, bad turnovers. There's some sort of a demon with Iowa State in the Cyhawk game right now. And then you have Iowa that ha- that I've never seen. We we saw a, a stat last night that Spencer Petrus's quarterback rating is ungodly low. Like, I didn't even know it was possible to be as poor of a quarterback rating as Spencer Petrus has. And you guys are just like, you, get, you got 100 yards like late in the third quarter against the net. There, there it is. His his quarterback rating is one point one. And, and for reference, uh, if you're not watching live on uh, Twitter or the or the replay on YouTube or whatever, the the next worst Big Ten quarterback is still above fifty in QBR, and Spencer <laughs> Peters is one point one. Oh my god! I do have a uh, I do have a trivia question for you, Chris, as it yeah. pertains to uh, Iowa State. When was the last time Iowa State started 2 and 0? Do you remember? Well, it would have been the last time they won the Cyhawk game. Incorrect. Wait a minute. Really? Mhm. So there was a game where the a year where the Cyhawk game was third? You're overthinking it. The last time they started 2 and 0. Did the game get canceled? <laughs> 10 years ago. Okay. Steel Jance. Oh, triple overtime. And, no. no. This is when they beat Iowa 9-6 in oh. Iowa City. Jake Knott intercepts. And that, doesn't that seem like a potential final score this week, 9-6? Yeah, it does. And, I mean, I think if that game is 9-6, Iowa probably wins. You're right. I no, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think the the lower, I, I don't know. Jesus, I, <laughs> we'll uh, get into it. We'll get into it. Um, we'll start with Iowa because I think it's just flat out more interesting than Iowa State going into this game. But we'll we'll do both and then some general college football as well as we roll along here on your Labor Day. Hassel, you had a very passionate reaction podcast here on Iowa Everywhere. On Saturday, his year. Now that you've had a little time to cool off, have your opinions changed at all? No, like, have you, no, have no, you, no, no. Are they gotten worse? It's uh, um, Van Winkle's putting up some uh, some of the awful plays on on the uh, on the screen here. I mean, you could, and it's pretty easy for you, Matt. You can just pick any Iowa play on there's, offense, and they're some, pretty much all highlighted. He, there you go. I, there you go. There's a safety. Yeah. No. It's no. like your touchdown sign at Iowa. Yeah. That, <laughs> uh, I, my opinion has not changed. It's it's it blows my mind that they didn't put 
that they didn't pull Spencer Petras in that game. I don't care how bad Padilla has been in practice. (laughs) You know what? If he was so bad, what about the other? What about the next guy? What about Labus? Anybody. Put a running back in there. Run the Wildcat. That would be better than what they're throwing out there with Spencer Petras and how he's playing. I mean, how many times are we going to do this? How many times did we do this last year? And then they stick with him. And he somehow has his worst game against an FCS team. What are we doing? Iowa offense laughing stock nationally. Period. The the um thing I noticed when I watched the game back yesterday, and I probably misspoke on our reaction podcast the other day. Cause one, I, I do blame for like macro. This is on the Ferences, in my opinion. Like I, I put this. Well, how could all, it not be? Yeah, I yeah. put this how all on be? Kirk and Brian Ferentz, specifically Kirk Ferentz for keeping Brian Ferentz as the offensive coordinator. So this goes on you, Kirk. Not only that, Chris, but also making him the quarterback coach yeah. this offseason. Correct. So this is on the Ferences. But when I watch the game back, and again, like the first half, I'm bouncing or I'm trying to get to the press box from my camper. And I'm watching it on my phone and and like people are talking. So I didn't get to watch it very closely. So my initial reaction probably wasn't that accurate. Here's the deal. Like there were plays and Petrus is sailing things five yards over the head of guys. Like he was awful on Saturday. So like, I think afterwards I said, this is on the coordinator. No, like I I'm more with you now after going back and really charting that game out and watching it closely because there were, there were plays to be had. But mm-hmm. it, it, what's crazy about Petrus is he'll throw it into the ground one play and then he sails it over the guy's head the next. Like there's mm-hmm. just no accuracy. And, you know, the, the, uh, just an, a fumbled snap where it looked like he just totally took his eyes off the shotgun snap. He had a couple of passes that you're like, what? How, okay, how do you make that pass and you can't make the simple ones? You know, I, I was not throwing the ball downfield. How are you only completing? 40 to 50% of your passes. I, I went back and looked at his numbers since the, the, the Penn State game last year when they started 6-0. and They're only 5-4 and four since then. They've only beaten Big Ten West teams and an FCS team. Petrus with one passing touchdown and eight interceptions, and he's only completing 50% of his passes. I mean, at what point? I know Padilla didn't come in and, and light up the world. Right, he did not last season. What he did do was show some elusiveness. He has the ability to run the football, get out of some pressure. He's not as as we both said at the same time in the reaction podcast. He's not a statue, and reports are that he has been bad in practice. But Allen Iverson said we're not talking about practice. Okay, we're, this is the game cannot get any worse than Petrus because I I could Kirk Ferentz I think could sit back and say you know what we're sticking with Petrus because he doesn't turn the ball over if he didn't turn the ball over right if he was not turning the ball over and they were just basically running a few plays so they can get Torrey Taylor out there and punt the football play field position game let your defense score but Petrus is turning the ball over he is he has th- he's, he's thrown eight interceptions to one touchdown pass over his last seven games. And quite frankly, he should have thrown at least one more pick last game that was dropped. And he also fumbled a snap and couldn't just pick it up and run the play because he bends down to pick up the ball and just falls over. I mean, it's he- not like he is taking care of the football. He's not couple things uh, i was talking to brett meyer former iowa state quarterback he does analysis for us at cyclone fanatic and he's really good really good eye for this stuff and he he's gone through it we've we've talked about it before how he was really comfortable early in his career chiswick comes in new coordinator gets uncomfortable and just the the game starts moving a million miles per hour out there and he was we were texting on saturday he does a lot of you know, analysis like towards the coming teams for Iowa State for us. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that's what Petrus looks like. 
that he's just basically like he can see it in him that there's zero comfortability at all with that offense for a guy who's been in it for however long. And so that's how where, is he so damn good in practice all the time? Well, which is, he? Which is what Iowa coaches well, will tell you. I'll tell you this from an Iowa State standpoint. I I hope they stick with him. <laughs> yeah, right? how, I'd rather your, see your him thoughts than on the game. Him. How would they change if Petrus is the quarterback, which it sounds like he's going to be, compared to if Kirk Ferentz came out and said, "You know what, uh, Here's Alex the, Padilla is going to start this game." It doesn't matter to me really because that's not how Iowa beats you. Like it, it really doesn't matter. Like those two are both like where Iowa State's gonna lose this game if, if that would happen is because they're gonna turn it over. They're gonna give the ball to Iowa in advantageous spots, so their offense doesn't really even have to be that good, or they're gonna put it put it in bad spots and then Tory Taylor's gonna pit, flip the field. I mean, just like last year's game. Iowa State wasn't that bad in last year's game, but they were so terrible in all the margins where you turn it over four times and then you're like, right? Like that, that's how Iowa wins. Here's what would terrify me if I'm an Iowa fan, not about this game, but for the rest of the season. And I'm I'm gonna keep coming back to this hassle. And we nailed this on Thursday show. Cause I said if the if the turnover battle is even, you're gonna be in a dogfight with South Dakota State. You were. If you guys aren't dominating the turnover battle like you have in recent years, you're winning five or six games with this offense. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to give Iowa credit because unlike a lot of programs, you can't that that cannot sustain this turnover balance, right? That Iowa has over five years. Like it's incredible what they've done. So clearly it's coaching. Clearly they have good players, ball hawks in the secondary, all that. Defense is elite. But my my whole deal is if that dips, you're screwed with this offense because it's not adequate. If your offense is in the 70s or 80s, you're fine. You're going 10 and 2. Your offense is in the 120s. <laughs> and, and, and as I as I mentioned, Chris. When I look ahead. at them, like who's their weapon? Who scares you on Iowa's offense? You don't have Arlen Bruce is the only guy that that did in that game. I mean, he's, he's a nice player, but he's not like a game breaker. Like that's not Justin Jefferson on the outside, right? Oh, no, like no. We're talking Iowa's offense, though. I mean, <laughs> see, that's that would be my thing. Like a macro view at Iowa, and I, I'm, I'm saying the same thing I've said for two years. Like this is great if you can sustain it, but they, you know, even turnovers and you damn near lost to the FCS team. Illinois, if you watch them play, like these teams are getting better in the Big Ten West. Minnesota, like there's a lot of these teams that are rising. Even Nebraska, as shitty as they are, like they're still better like talent-wise than South Dakota State is. So like mm-hmm. that they've got to do something. And I just – what are they going to do though? Like if you put in Padilla, I get it where like an Iowa fan's like, God, we just want to see something different. It's not like they're going to put in Padilla and start running the option. Or right, right. changing things up here. Right. Yeah, what, what what really scares me is that the offensive line looked no better than last year, uh, because I, I really expected that line to be better, and I think everybody did. Even though they lost their first round center in Linderbaum, I think most people thought, "Boy, it's just, that that was just kind of an outlier last year." The offensive line with Kirk Ferentz. I mean. It's it, it has to be better this season, and it wasn't in that game. Now, it's I'm sure it has a lot to do with the fact that they were they were stacking the box and they were, you know, they were all prepared for the run because they knew Spencer Petrus wasn't going to be able to throw the ball downfield. Um, but even in in drop back passes, there was pressure on Petrus right away the majority of those dropbacks. I mean, it, it was rare that he had time to just stand there and deliver the football after three seconds. And that is, that's the recipe for disaster for Spencer Petrus. If he gets rattled, if he has any kind of pressure, he's not going to complete that pass. He's either going to crumble and be sacked. He's going to throw it wide 
or he's going to throw an interception like he's thrown eight of over the last seven games. And if that line doesn't get better, you're right. It probably doesn't matter that much who the quarterback is because you're not going to be able to run the football if you can't show teams that you can go downfield. You absolutely have to figure out how to get the ball downfield. Get the quarterback some time to throw. Throw the ball down. Show that you will at least try to do that. (laughs) Now, my dad will say, and many other Iowa fans said the same thing, well, they just didn't want to show Iowa State anything. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. What about all of the second half of last season? (laughs) I mean, have they been holding back since the Penn State game? Listen, the Iowa State game is is coming up in 10 months. We're going to just... Press pause on the season here on the offense. You guys are we so don't want to put anything else on tape. Because it's not just like it was it was this game, right? I mean, this goes all the way back to the to last season and the entire second half of that season. Iowa, since they started six and zero, has been outscored by fifty two points, I believe. They've been outscored by over five points per game since they started six and zero and rose to number two in the country. And that's because they can't keep up offensively. Can you believe that less than a year ago, Iowa was the second ranked no, team in the country? No, 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 I can't. And I, I don't know how they did it. Those first six games, like what the turnovers. <sighs> yeah, but the, they, and they flipped the field and like, it's, they, I know the turnovers were a big part sleep, of it, but like, it wasn't like the offense was just lighting people up. No, they no, just, but but it was a hell of a lot better than it was. This is true. Well, yeah, the second half of the it. season and and over the weekend, you had a running back that almost made an NFL team. You you lose Jones and Tracy. You know, you had Keegan Johnson in there. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you had better players. You had Linderbaum. Don't have him anymore. Like, that's that's like when I looked at them when I watched that game back. I'm like, if you're scheming against Iowa. Right now, like with with the current setup, without Regani, without Johnson, those guys, right? Laporta's going to be good, isn't he? Yeah, he's. I think he had, yeah, fifty five receptions or something last season. But I mean, he no, didn't do much I, I'm in that saying game. like he got dinged up. But you're not worried about. Oh him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, as far as I know, I, yeah, I guess okay. I haven't heard much of an update. My, I, my whole thing is like, if you're scheming against Iowa, like who's the guy who like scares you, keeps you up at night? There's no guy like at least last year. You know, you had you re- Keegan Johnson's that guy, but he's not playing right now. So, uh-huh. I mean, it, it and just, is he going to play this week? I, I don't think we know yet. And I'm like, from an Iowa State standpoint, I look at this matchup and I'm like, what do you do if you're John Haycock? Because you could either like, do you blitz a lot? Like, do you need to worry about? I don't think you do. I don't, I don't think, think you have because to. what we've seen is you don't need to blitz you're still going to get pressure on the quarterback. Even if you get within three feet of Spencer Petrus, he's not going to be able to do anything against you. He'll, he will collapse. He's going to be Joe Montana on Saturday. You just watch. He's going to just, he's going to have an out of body experience. I, I just, I don't see it, man. I I'll, I'll eat crow if he does and say that, well, you know what? I was wrong. Maybe, I guess Iowa was right for for sticking with him, but I just I don't see how you go into this game with Petrus as the quarterback. I just I don't see how you can. And, and I heard Ference after the game say, you know, this is not about Spencer Petrus. This we had many 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 more issues than him, and and, and they did. They do have more issues than Petrus, but he's the main reason that they're struggling. The main reason why they are inept on offense is because teams know. He's not going to do anything. He he can't do a damn thing right now. We saw it with the QBR rating. The the rating uh, the QBR rating that ESPN uses is from 1 to 100. That's the rating. And he was 1. I've never seen that before. At least he's in the top 12. Yeah, how are they, how is he in the top 12 in the Big 10? Did they not? Uh, there's only twelve guys who have played. There's there's okay. I guess. <laughs> guess that makes sense. 
A lot of Iowa fans were joking. They're like, all I see is he's in the top 12, baby. Yeah, Top 12 in the Big Ten. I think he's last in the country, too. I mean, I, and I don't think he has close. to be. There's no way you could be worse than that. It's not possible. You just laid it out. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the point spread drops to three and a half. From Iowa's, what? Six and a half? Yeah, six and a half. That's a bigger swing than I thought. Like, again, like I'm, if I'm Vegas, I'm looking at Iowa and I'm like, I knew that they were going to be bad on offense, anyways. Um, we'll get to Iowa State. Yeah, real but quick. at the same time, Chris, you didn't think they'd be that bad. You thought they'd be bad, but that was like historically bad. I mean, look at this poor bastard. <laughs> so Did you guy- see him? So, so he, so th- th- this big guy with the tank top on that just has his head in his hand. I was leading the game five three, and then they showed him after they got the the next safety. He, he was even to make more seven three. <laughs> yes, and that's exactly how I felt. There was no celebrating. Like this is ridiculous. Like, I wanted we have that to rely game. on Ta- Tory Taylor pinning them inside the five, and the defense getting safeties to to small ball our way to a seven three victory. I mean, this is like bunt single, move them over. You know, move them over into scoring position and a little bloop down the line and, and get a run. That's how Iowa has to manufacture runs. The uh, the guy that's on the screen right now, and for the people listening on the podcast, you've probably seen it because it got tossed around on Twitter so much. Is that the guy, the Hawkeyes on my belly guy? You remember him? <laughs> I do they, remember. I, they did the I don't think it music is. video. Because I think this guy that that uh, was shown on Saturday is a lot bigger than the Hawkeyes on my belly guy. There's Iowa's touchdown signal to safety. Ah, oh, there he is after the. I mean, that's oh, you know, this exactly how I felt. He's been waiting all year for this game kickoff. Like he's just ready, and then I wanted that game to end five three so badly. Like it just would have been so perfect. And as we talked about on the reaction podcast, uh, the last game to end 5-3 involved Iowa in 1980. <laughs> they, they lost 5-3 to Arizona. Also, there were a lot of people asking, <laughs> has a team ever finished with seven points without scoring a touchdown? I, I asked that question Saturday night. I've never heard of it. It had to have happened at some point, but that's I, just crazy. The, the stats uh, – will only tell us that oh my there's the hawk that's the hawkeyes <laughs> on my belly guy. no i don't think that's the same guy but man the same body build um looks like, it looks a lot alike I, they just all, all they can say is it's the first time since at least the year 2000 that a team has scored seven points without a touchdown God bless but I, I don't I, I don't know that it's ever happened because i don't they didn't keep you know the da- the stat database. I don't think is uh, is it covered safeties that much. You know, fifty years ago. Let's get to Iowa State, and then coming up in the show, we have five reasons why Spencer Petrus was not benched mm. on Saturday. Yes, five potential reasons. Like we're trying to come up with reasons. Yeah. Okay. Um, forty-two ten, Iowa State beats Southeast Missouri State. I was there. It was really boring, which is a good thing. Iowa State hasn't had many boring season openers right. in the past. Uh, they they got up 21 nothing. They kind of fell asleep there in the last five minutes or so of the second half to make that look a lot more interesting than it actually was. There were concerns. I can, I can pull out a lot of little nitpicky things that concern me about Iowa State going into the Cyhawk game, and we will. Uh, but first of all, Hassel, I'll get your opinion on it since you kind of have, really haven't given it. What did, what did you think of Iowa State in general, specifically the quarterback, Deckers, who uh, four touchdowns in his first start? I thought he was phenomenal. That's like mm-hmm. the really exciting part for me. I think that I don't think there's going to be much of a drop off at all at quarterback, if any, for Iowa State. In fact, he he was sold to me uh, as a big time potential to be much better than Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. And he's off to a good start. You got to, you know, that's one game against a bad FCS team. So you don't want to go crazy. Right. But I, I thought he looked really, really good. Yeah, it's all relative because of the opponent. But yes, I was really impressed. And that's exactly how I expected him to look in this game. Carving up this defense, looking great in the pocket, 
really connecting with with Hutchinson. Um, I I was as impressed as I could be in a game like this against such a horrible opponent. And it, and we, we've talked about it. This is a much different opponent than South Dakota state, even okay. as bad as Iowa looks, South Dakota state's a lot better than, than SEMO. I mean, they'd be 20 plus point favorites against, Correct. against SEMO, but that's exactly what you want. You, you go in there and you, you know, maybe you don't look perfect. You have some things that you want to clean up as coaches will say, but quarterback look good getting his feet wet a little bit, didn't have to sweat it out. All good, right? Yeah, the the thing that kind of popped for me, and we we talked about this a little bit last week, is that does to me look like more of an offense that would give Iowa a problem. Yeah. Compared to what Iowa State's been running with the twin tight ends. I I was really impressed with, I think, the biggest surprise offensively for me. We knew Xavier Hutchinson was good. He has changed his body. He looks like an NFL type guy now, where in the past few years, even when he's been all Big 12, I've never thought that. I always thought that X was like a good college wide receiver. He looks different now. He was the best player on the field. And then Jalen Knoll in the slot, I thought was just fantastic. So I, I do think on top of Deckers, you're looking at an Iowa State team right now with two top end wide receivers. And we didn't really know for sure. You knew Hutchinson would be one of the best in the Big 12. I think he's gone up a level. Uh, Noel, I think, is actually has a higher end potential than Hutchinson when his career is all said and done. But what I what I I liked, and this is kind of a catch twenty two here, is they didn't run the ball very well against Semo, which is a massive concern, right? But going into the Cyhawk game in a vacuum. I don't want Iowa State to go in there and try and do smash mouth football. They've tried doing that the last mm-hmm. few years, and we know how it ends. I'd rather take some chances and go, like I told you last week, go Purdue on this Iowa defense. And I think the only way Iowa State wins it, it's why I don't think Iowa State wins a 9-6 game, is if they push it downfield and they really get kind of kind of crazy against the Hawks. And and I, I was concerned that Campbell and Manning – would be too stubborn to do that because they're run first guys that, you know, we know how they like to play football, but for that first game hassle, they opened it up more than I thought that they would. And that was encouraging to me. Well, problem is they put a bunch on tape for the Hawkeyes. Oh yeah. Now I always got more on tape to look at from that offense than Iowa state does. So <laughs> I, th- this is such a huge game for Iowa state. And oh, Campbell. I, I think it's, it's a big game for both teams because, you know, if Iowa loses this game after the way that first game, after the way that offense looked at the first game, uh, the noise is going to get really loud, right? Um, people are going to be just beside themselves. But if Iowa State loses this game after the way Iowa's looked, after Matt Campbell's issues getting over that hump, if they can't beat this Iowa team, this Iowa offense, uh, then what are you thinking the rest of the way? I mean, I know the expectations are were not super high for this Iowa State team, but I feel like the pressure is now ratcheted up on Iowa State a lot more this week than it was totally before this past weekend. I don't disagree at all. And I think if we quizzed a thousand Iowa State fans right now I know you put out a poll on Twitter it's I think everybody's voting against their own team yeah Iowa State fans aren't confident Iowa fans aren't confident I mean I've had a couple Iowa State fans say what I just said like right like we all can watch the football and say the matchup's better for Iowa State now because Campbell's not going to go and try in there and Mm -hmm. puff his chest out and be like oh our our line can go toe-to-toe with your line and our specialist, right? Like, I don't think they're going to do that. So that, like, encourages me. But Iowa State doesn't turn Iowa over. They just don't like, in this game. And Iowa's constantly turning Iowa State over. I, I, I Nobody's confident, Chris. I'm telling you. I bet if we quizzed 1,000 Iowa fans, the majority would say Iowa State would win. If we quizzed 1,000 Iowa State fans, it would go the other way. I ran a poll for about – 
uh, 20 hours or so on Twitter, had 3,000 votes, and 57% have the Cyclones winning outright. But to your point, maybe more Iowa fans voted and voted for the Cyclones because <laughs> neither be fan base. If I ran a poll, because I have more Iowa State followers and you have more Iowa followers. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm very close to 50-50. Okay. I feel like I I might have uh more 50-50 than than you. I think you have more way more cyclone than yeah, Hawkeye. Definitely. But definitely. I you know, um I I think it's interesting though because I was still a three and a half point favorite and you have 57% think Iowa State's going to win outright in that poll. I mean, I I it, it, right now, three and a half. Really, a three Iowa favored by three and a half. How? I mean, will they? Will they? Will they score four points? Three zero. They need two safeties to get to four points and cover that spread. This might be a two though, nothing game. Do you? This is why. Like, do you remember that game? I think it was three years ago. The last time it was in Iowa. Four years ago. Last time it was in Iowa City. Weird game, yeah. Yeah, and our, our punter like just shanked it off of his foot mm-hmm. in the first quarter, and Iowa got the ball like the 15-yard line and scored the touchdown, and that was pretty much it as far as the scoring goes in that game. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. That's the crap that always happens in this game. Well, either that or you muff a punt at the end of the game. I'm, I'm worried not about Decker's. I think the defense will be fine. I'm worried. Like you have a freshman punter and a freshman kicker going into this thing, <laughs> right? Like that's, it, it could play right into what Iowa does. Now those guys were fine on Saturday. Like I'm not Iowa state's specialists were just fine. Like I'm not, their punter was actually really, really good. He averaged almost 50 yards per punt. Like I was really impressed. I just, I've just seen it too many times. Maybe I, I, we're we're sitting here doing this psychological warfare thing on on Monday, but I'm telling you, like from what I've seen, I've been on Iowa and Iowa State message boards. Nobody thinks their team's going to win this football game. Yeah, but I don't think know, you, Iowa State can run the ball. Though I think they're going to have a really hard time running the ball against Iowa, which I think is why, again, when I said I, I don't think Iowa State can win a nine six game, they're going to have to push the ball down the field. If Iowa State wins, I actually think they could win by like ten or more. If they lose. It'll probably be twelve to six or something like that, right? What do you think it would take to get Petrus benched in this game? Should like, we do our top five now? Like why wasn't? <laughs> oh, he re- reasons why Petrus wasn't benched week one? Because you you threw out that Alex Padilla potentially missing a limb. Yeah, but it, 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 have we checked on him? Is he are all his limbs intact? Because that's that's one of the reasons that he could have. Be- been kept on the bench if i mean if he doesn't have an arm yeah i mean that's what awesome. it meant right well i don't know maybe it wouldn't be worse <laughs> take the snap with one hand tuck it run <laughs> what if, if we if we are we confirmed that Ferentz says doesn't he hasn't been blackmailed in any capacity that was one of my reasons <laughs> there could be blackmail going on no idea I mean, nothing makes sense. Like, I've watched thousands of football games throughout my life. I've never seen a quarterback play like that and stay in the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly, they're not crazy about what's behind him. I would say this, too. Coaches aren't trying to lose. Right. Like there's a lot of pressure on these guys that. Oh, no, of course. Yeah. So like there's got to be like in their mind some sort of. But we're talking about a very stubborn man when it comes to offense. Clearly. And I think I do think for a real reason, I think Kirk knows like we don't have weapons anywhere on offense right now, especially with Keegan Johnson being out. I'm a huge Keegan Johnson fan, by the way. You'll find that Mm -hmm. out. Totally underutilized. I, I, I hope he's back this week. I. Well, that would be a game changer because he actually is a threat. I like Bruce, nice player, but he doesn't like at this point in his career, he doesn't put the fear of God in the defensive coordinator. But at the same time, though, Chris, why does it matter? Like I said last week, if Jerry Rice and Randy Moss are out there and you still have that offensive line and Spencer Petras at quarterback, 
how are they going to make a big difference? Probably not. You still have to have somebody to get them the ball. Okay, so what are five other uh, – we got three other reasons why Spencer Petras hasn't been benched. What do you have for us? Hassan? How about this? Padilla belongs to a religion that doesn't allow athletic activity on Saturdays. <laughs> I don't know what religion that could be, but we've seen it in the past. I mean, It's like BYU can't play on Sundays. Yeah. What if there is a religion that does not allow athletic activity on Saturday and he just, those coaches are handcuffed, can't do anything about it? Is that possible? I guess it certainly is. I mean, Petrus's quarterback rating is one on a scale of one to 100. What would Padilla's rating be? It's got to be better than one, right? It has to be better than one. Like, it literally has to be. What about what if Padilla signed an NIL deal that's only valid if he's a backup quarterback? Like if he signed with like a backup generator company. Oh, yeah. And it's only valid if he's the backup quarterback. He's like, nope, coach, I'm going to lose out on my cash. That that could be a reason why. That's certainly possible. Yeah. Do you have any reasons? Uh, Potential the- reasons? <laughs> I My – my thing was funny because I think you had this one too, and it was the one that I had jotted down is that they uh, it had to do with betting on the under. That, <laughs> that we have now, these point, are just potential that, reasons that we we're have just a guessing. point shaving scandal going on at Iowa. We're just and, guessing because it's just we we know we can win because we won ten games last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they know that they can win this way, and. Is we need to assure that we hit the under in all these games, and we know we can keep winning. They're not trying to lose, right? I want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. Sure. But Petrus is the guy that they know that they could keep hitting that under consistently. So I, you know, I mentioned that uh, it could be a religious thing that uh, Padilla doesn't, uh, you know, participate athletically on Saturdays. Now we saw it last year. It could be a new, could be a new thing. And Brian on uh, Facebook says that religion is it exists. It's called the yeah. Seventh Day Adventist. It's a real thing. Is that a real thing, or is Brian just jostling? no? I it, I think it's real. I've heard of it. Now I you you would think if you're a Seventh Day Adventist, you might not play on Sunday. But no, I think it's it it, it is Saturday. I looked it up. He's right. So m- maybe. That happened in the offseason, and we're just we're unaware of that. We're stretching here. We, we are we are trying to come up with a legit reason that Padilla did not see the field in that game. I want to make one quick point mm-hmm. on Brian Ferentz. And it he there's got to be a reason why he hasn't been a head coach somewhere. Do you, you, think he's, you think he's earned the right to be a head? You think well, somebody would have given him a job? No, and that, that's that's kind of my point too. When we talk about this offense, like we're everybody's killing Petrus, and and I get it. Like he's sailing balls, throwing them into the dirt, like all this stuff. But at Brian Ferentz's age, with his experience level, he's been a coordinator for a good program for however many years. That's a guy who should be a MAC head coach right now, with a normal resume but nobody touches him at least that we know of maybe he's turning jobs down but mm -hmm. i have never heard his job being rumored anywhere no i haven't either but maybe it's because he's coaching waiting at iowa (laughs) maybe it's because over well yeah i I, there's a lot of fans that believe that is the plan I, i i don't know how you could possibly do that at this point i mean i think things would have to really change for that to be a real thing and to be sold to the fan base. But Brian Ferentz is 39 years old. Uh, he has, he's been with Iowa as a coach for the last decade. And we know about his time with the Patriots for three or four years as a, like a tight ends coach and maybe like quality control. I don't know. You, I, I, he's got the name Ferentz. I mean, you, you, you're probably right. I bet some Mac school would give him a chance. Maybe he has been offered and he's turned it down. No, I, I'm saying that I don't think that they will because they know something that Kirk doesn't want to acknowledge. Like? That it's just not there. 
Then like who? What Max school really wants think, to bring that? What I don't, Max I just, school wants to bring that offense over and be like, "Hey, this is what we're going to sell I, to our fans." None, none, none. Yeah, you, you, but if there's no way that 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 Kirk Ferentz would keep putting Brian Ferentz in this position if he really didn't think it was there, if he really didn't believe in him, there's no way he wouldn't sabotage his own program and his own legacy. I mean, I don't I, think. He's- sabotaging anything they went 10 and 2 last year but my point is that like that what he's doing only works there <laughs> yeah because of the found the 20-year foundation of his dad like that's yeah. my point like if i'm ball state and it, my, my job comes open and i'm wanting to rebuild my program that's the last guy i'm calling we're just gonna get <laughs> under center right, right like yes right now yes a- a- absolutely you, you can't sell it right now. But I, I think that there were times where you probably could have sold it. Earlier on, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. in the future. After he, after Petrus goes out and looks like Joe Montana this week and Iowa just turns wait. things around. And- just wait. Petrus is going to have an out-of-world type of experience against Iowa State on set. Okay, here's the deal. Another one, f- final thing for me on the Cyhawk. And then I want to hit on a couple other things. Mm-hmm. Is I am I am pretty concerned about Iowa State stopping the run and specifically the linebackers. They how look, can you be how they after look, what after what Iowa did? Slow. No, I'm taking more on a macro like on the year. Okay, not necessarily like this game. But I the, think Iowa's yards per carry in that game were the exact same number as Petrus's QB QB rate. I think it was was it two point nine? I think or two point seven or something like that. Maybe before you factor in the sack yardage. The headline at The Athletic, um, Scott Docterman, is phenomenal. Iowa tests its togetherness as its offense becomes a national punchline. And it's true. Um, You probably didn't hear it, but did you hear those guys at halftime? I mean, geez. Oh, yeah. Matt Matt Leiner, he needed a couple shots or something. Like He was falling asleep on the Fox desk. And this is coming from a guy who used to put up 50, 60 points right. per game. Well, did you a couple other college football notes? Yeah. Did you see the UCLA crowd? Well, I, yeah, uh, I did because I, I saw uh, Doug Gottlieb was trying to defend that yesterday. And and I like Doug. I'm, I'm, I'm a friend of Doug's, but how you, Doug was saying that, it was a hundred degrees. Why would you want to go and sit in a hundred degrees when you can stay at home or go to the beach? You can watch it on TV if you want, but come on, come on. There were like less than 10,000 people at this game, but this is my whole point. So the big 12 were in this tussle and I'm, I'm kind of like a de facto, like big 12 guy nationally now, apparently. And it's like us versus the pac 12. Mm-hmm. And, but this is like the exact point that big 12 fans make when it comes to, like the value of a conference and whatnot, like nobody cares out there. And it's not, yeah, they have a huge TV market and they have their beaches and they have the Lakers and all this stuff. But the point that we constantly are making is that college football is about the pageantry. It's about the tradition. It's about the tailgating. It's about like, look at these photos from Los Angeles and they just don't care unless you're putting out a, what Pete Carroll was able to do. Mm-hmm. Like nobody cares about college football in the Pac-12. And that's just the whole point. And and, and I, mean, I agree with that. The Big 12 has games in Iowa. We've sat through all these before. Big 12 has passionate fan bases and that, I think that's the the key to the the programs that they're adding in BYU, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, all four of those programs have really passionate, growing fan bases. They pack their stadiums, and that's something that you can't say about some of these these big brands out on the West Coast. It's just different out there. Um, so I, I think that that's great. I I, th- I think that it's for those for for those programs going to the Big Ten. It's more about just the institutions and. You know the history of the national brands because you're, you're no one's going to argue that that you know getting 
UCF is is like getting UCLA, right? But at the same time, UCF's going to sell out every home game. They have a really passionate, growing fan base, and it's like the biggest university in the country. Yeah, they have like seventy thousand undergrads. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I it, it really it, it's unsettling to see these pictures week in and week out. It's week in and week out, year in and year out from these Pac-12 schools in LA, and that and that Stanford is the same yeah, way. Stanford's the same. Yeah, absolutely. Like the most, the big, the best fan bases as far as going to games are your Washington State, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington, sure, Colorado. Yeah, Washington's a great, and Oregon too. We're not sure, but they'll actually show up for these games. Whereas, like, it just and I, I whatever. Like, I'm not even killing the the LA market because it, it is what it is. Like, and and I get it, but the, I'm tired of the constant banter and, and Gottlieb's not wrong that's the thing mm-hmm. he's not wrong but in saying that he's proving the point that we've been trying to make right it's just different um this is amazing Quinn Ewers one of the most talked about quarterbacks in history who'd never taken a snap Texas beats Monroe 52 to 10 and he, his car was towed <laughs> during the game how does this happen at texas don't they have like a player's lot don't they have a facility where these guys can go to how does quinn ewers who's worth millions of dollars how does his car get towed in the middle of a game and how is this not a story that like came out of iowa city like i could i could absolutely (laughs) see spencer petras tweeting after the game hey by the way (laughs) it got worse after the game my car was towed Permar security. Maybe that's maybe that's why Padilla didn't get in. His car was towed. He didn't have a vehicle. He wasn't even on the sideline. <laughs> he couldn't get to the game because of the Iowa parking police. Is there is there is there anything worse in college than parking enforcement? Oh, in and around campuses, whether you're a student or somebody that's just going on campus, whether it's to go to a game or as a oh. media member in Iowa to attend a press conference, it's brutal. They will I mean, take those, anyone. Those those parking people, man, love to get them in a back alley someday. Uh, we've got so one game tonight: Clemson, Georgia Tech. This was one of my locks of the week. I told you guys to that my locks. By the way, everybody will come out Thursday on the Iowa Everywhere Network. How are your locks you. doing this week? Um, I'm actually one and zero. I had TCU, and then my second lock got voided because of a push. So oh, okay. So tonight I've got Clemson at 21 and a half. And I, I feel good. I gave you good advice for once because I told you to take it at 21 and a half. This line will be 24 by kickoff. Whose okay. idea was it to, to save this game for last? To have this as a standalone game should have been tonight. What's that? Last night's game should have been tonight. If you wanted to do the. In this Clemson game, should have just been a, a game on Saturday. Just like who? What? I, Clemson, great. That they're intriguing. You know, they they're they could be a playoff contender again this season. They're a top five team, but Georgia Tech's terrible. Yeah, they're they're one of the worst teams in Alabama. football. Yeah, yeah, they're horrible. Horrible. They've been bad since Iowa killed them in the Orange Bowl almost fifteen years ago. Love it or leave it, baby. Like, yeah. Who who wants to see this game? Unless unless it's one of your locks of the week. Yeah, get some action on it, baby. Make it interesting. Get some action on it. I think Clemson is in a mode right now where, you know, they underachieved last year, heard all the noise, won their bowl game. There's no way that quarterback's as bad as he looked a year ago. They kind of rebuild, and and I think that they make an example of Georgia Tech tonight. That was my rationale. I agree. I, I don't see this being an interesting game at all. So... I'm actually on Wednesday getting on a flight to North Carolina. I'm taking the whole family. I've, I'm officiating my cousin's wedding in the Outer Banks. Of course, she picks the Cyhawk weekend for the wedding. <laughs> wait, you're going to be in North Carolina for the Cyhawk game? Yeah, I'm missing the Cyhawk is, game. You're missing the wait, wait, wait. When is the wedding? It's on Friday. I'll be able to watch the game. Oh, okay, but I won't be there. The okay. last time I was, at, you'll appreciate this. The last time I was in Iowa City, I got a Milwaukee's best at the back of my head. What? Yeah. 
some guy did not like me. Oh my god. He called me a homophobic slur as well. <laughs> it, that's the that's a really bad deal though when you walk up to a press box and you smell like beer. Oh god. Cuz everybody, you know, all the scribes are in the corner. Oh yeah, Williams has been out tailgating and drinking. Just, just boozing all morning. Now, now he's coming in here. So no, I I won't be there, but I will be. I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm watching the game. We got an Airbnb like a beach house on the Outer Banks, and that's how I'm watching the game. So that'll be so cool. believe it or not, I'm also going to be watching the game from North Carolina. Really? Where are you at? That's what well, I was going to ask. But I'll be watching it as I'm calling my game. <laughs> I'm at Charlotte. Charlotte uh, is hosting Maryland. That's my game this week on Stadium. And, boy, it's it, it, this could be a – this could be a blowout. Maryland's a four-touchdown favorite. Charlotte is already 0-2. I don't know. I, I haven't checked, but I'm not sure there's any other team out there 0-2 already. Um, they got blown out both games, lost both games by three scores. And uh, Talia Tungvaloa is probably going to have a heyday. But I think my game's at uh, 3.30 Eastern, and Iowa, Iowa State, doesn't that start at 4 Eastern? 4 Eastern. Yeah. Man, so I'm going to have that up on my laptop during the game. This happens, I swear, every single year. My game is the exact same time as the Seahawks game because our games tend to be, I usually have a game 3.30 Eastern, and Iowa-Iowa State usually goes to Fox at 4 Eastern time. Um, so I, I won't be able to really dig in during the game. I'll have to just check in and out because got to do my job, but. I, I honestly, I, I'm not expecting Iowa to win this game. I know we'll talk a lot more about this on Thursday, but I don't have um, any faith unless a quarterback change is made. I have faith, but I'm not confident. Put it that way. Thursday, I'll have like a beach in the background. I'll try and do something really nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got a. Um... Have, have you ever done a wedding? Yeah, are you ordained? What do you mean, done a wedding? Do you, you ever, you ever officiated a wedding before? Uh, why would I, like, as an ordained minister? Yeah, yeah. No, why? No, of course not. Have you? Oh yeah, this will be like my see that seventh, seventh or eighth. That's a huge mistake. Like, don't this. This is why I didn't do it. Don't. First of all, don't become an ordained minister. Second of all, if you do, don't tell anyone else yeah, because this, oh hey. Yeah, yeah, we'll use you. Yeah, why don't you come? Hey, we're come come on out to Alabama. We got a wedding this weekend. Why don't you? And then uh, they don't want to pay you either. What? So like family, I'll do it now, and like really close friends. But that's Man, it, you you're right. Like, mistake. It was a. It was. It was a considerable one, but it is. It's always worth it just to make people call you Reverend. Reverend Williams. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I forced them to do it while I'm there. And I am officially there. I'm a minister. You're calling me Reverend. If I'm going to be there, if I'm going to Reverend do Williams, I'm would you bless us today? Here's the problem. So my cousin is marrying a guy whose brother is a real pastor. So I feel okay. like I'm going to be being judged the whole time because I'm not a real Reverend. Like I play one. Right. So like now, like it, it's like if you're, um, I don't know, like I, I feel like they're just going to be picking me apart with everything that I do. Sounds like they don't need you because they can just use the pastor. Well, he, the pastor is also the best man. So they wanted them to be able to do best man things. So the best man just stands there anyway. You can just stand there and officiate. Well, I'm, I'm you're the in rep. the same spot. I'm the rep. So, All right, so you're going to be in the Outer Banks. I'm going to be in Charlotte. Hey, just jump on a get get your CBS private jet, fly to the Outer Banks, bring Kristen, and you, and you can hang out with us because we're coming back on Monday. We're gonna stay for a couple days after the wedding. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, no, you're always welcome. Not, yeah, well, I appreciate the invite, but I'll I, I'll be missing the wedding, unfortunately. Send us some pictures. Thanks, to Reverend Van Winkle. Williams. <laughs> if you're an Iowa fan watching, you're, I'm the Rev all week. All right, bring it on. 
Maddie Van Winkle, thank you for producing, as always. Adds a lot to the show. Uh, we're doing really well. A lot of people are following along. I was blown away by Iowa Everywhere's numbers in week one. Uh, but if you guys could please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you watch and listen to these things, it does help us out. Um, shout out to our friends at Fairway, as always. Uh, when you come back, I want to. We'll have to get you up and take you to a basketball game, and you can we can do the whole odds thing at oh, some yeah. point. You got to see this meat market. All it is is meat. It's a giant meat market in Ames, and it's just every kind of meat you could ever think of. Is it all just like? Is it like a freezer? It's hanging on hooks. Butchers in there just cutting it all up. It's not, but it's like it's a smaller building, and you walk in. And there's an entire, you know, like a meat counter when you go to a regular mm-hmm. supermarket. The entire side of the wall is just a giant butcher den. So, I mean, they got every seafood, everything you can want. Every, it's it's crazy. But I'll have to take you to it. Get you up to Ames. That sounds great. I uh, I don't know when I'll be back again, but probably sometime in the winter. Um after football season and uh, around Christmas, but all right, right. Well, safe travels to. Uh, so, are you going to be doing Thursday show from yeah, Carolina? I'll be in. Okay, I'll be in North Carolina doing Thursday. All show. right, but the show goes on. The show will go on. You don't travel in the middle of Cyhawk Week and think that you're going to get the week off. I learned I I would not even attempt to do that. So yeah, we'll just be uh, we'll be doing it from. Uh, I might have a mimosa. If that's okay. But um, well, 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 I didn't peg you as a mimosa guy. Well, I mean, at eight thirty in the morning, I don't know. What you, know else. you don't you don't start popping bush lattes at eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> Only on game day. Okay. All right. He's Chris Hassel. I'm Chris Williams. Matt Van Winkle producing. Have a fun Cyhawk week. Don't be too mean to one another. Or <laughs> you know what? Screw it. Do whatever you want. <laughs>